Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, August 15th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Salt Lake City, Utah, where the smoke is finally moving past us. I'm Scott Johnson. Roger Chang is doing just fine. Do not worry about him. But he did have a last-minute thing happen with the fam uh, that pulled him away. He's still producing today's show. He just won't be here during the actual show. But don't worry about Roger. Roger's going to be fine. Okay. I know. It, it makes it now, now people are worried. They're like, I wasn't worried until you made it such a big deal out of it. Yeah, yeah, that is hard. Gone. Keep trying to now talk can, us off the ledge. You've gone so far to alleviate our concerns. I'm now concerned. Now you're concerned. Well, it's because a couple of people after yesterday, like, hope everything's all right with Roger. I'm like, oh, yeah. No, everything's fine. So everything's fine. Let's start, however, with a few tech things you should know. Well, Twitter put Alec Jones's Twitter account in read-only mode for seven days after the company found that he violated a Twitter policy. So read-only does not mean an actual suspension. It means that a user can't tweet or retweet or like other tweets, but can still read timelines and access all user profiles. Read-only. Twitter said that Jones also must delete that offending tweet that led to the partial suspension, and the company also later put the same restrictions on the InfoWars account for the same violation. Well, Android Police... You need some police? I got you covered. Android Police uh, reports that... And Tom, I'm not going to say this. Punica. Punica? Is that really how you Punica say it? That's, That's it? Yep. All right. P- Plunica. P- P- Punica. Punica Web, <laughs> developer of two call recording apps for Android, say, Android rather, say they uh, say call recording is no longer possible on Android 9 Pi without root access. That means no third-party call recording apps on Android Pi. Uh, there have been rumors that Google was working on a native call recording uh, app or functionality of some sort, but it does not appear in the first release of Pi. So you're going to have to wait. Maybe a later slice. Microsoft is rolling out folder protection for OneDrive, which auto-syncs your documents, your pictures, your desktop folders to OneDrive, even from multiple Windows 10 PCs. Finally, folder protection first rolled out to business users back in June. Now everybody's got it. One would think they would have had that already. OneDrive would think. 
Uber's Q2 earnings show that the company's net revenue was up 8% quarter over quarter to $2.7 billion. Now, year over year, it's a big increase, 51% in fact. However, Uber's losses in this latest quarter are around $404 million compared with $304 million in losses in Q1. As for the company's self-driving car efforts, the company has spent between $125 million and $225 million per quarter over the last 18 months. That's a lot of bleed. According to the information sources, some of Uber's investors are urging the company to get rid of the self-driving car program overall. And a lot of the the, the loss of money came from expansions of Uber Eats, right. of yeah. the jump bike Partnering. Program. Yeah. So it's it's the, the, the ride-hailing part of the business is actually looking quite healthy. Let's talk a little bit more about integration, combination, teaming up, Scott. I like like integration. integration. Microsoft Microsoft and Amazon launched an early access public preview of integration between Cortana and Amazon voice services. Yeah, that's right. Your Echo. I'm not going to say her name. I don't want to mess you guys up. Users will be able to ask their Echoes for information from email and calendar that Microsoft handles well. And Cortana users can have Amazon execute smart home things and, uh, you know, stuff that it handles well. In practice, this means asking one voice assistant to open the other, and then using it like you normally would. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about this morning uh, was, uh, and we talked about this briefly in the, on TMS, Tom brought it this up, so we probably talked about it on the show. But one part we didn't really talk about is, is that a permanent switch until you tell it otherwise, or do you have to do it every time? Yeah, so, yeah I think as far as I know, like you can keep doing it for a session, but then it times out, and the next time you go over and you're like, "Hey, uh, tell open Cortana," and then Cortana opens, and then you can carry on from there. So, not 100. In my opinion, not the best solution uh, overall. It'd be nice if you could just, I don't know. It, to, to me, this was like, well, I'm so integrated in the Microsoft ecosystem. I love having Office 365 and a million other Microsoft services, and I really like Cortana. So, I'd like her to be my voice assistant on my Echo, and it sounds like that's not an option. Well, my first reaction was like, this is so silly. Why can't Cortana or the other uh, Amazon's voice assistant do everything so we don't have to like do an inception version of, you know, getting what you want between the two. But then I liken it to an app that I use that has a great filter. And sometimes I send that filtered photo to another app because I know that the two in conjunction are actually stronger together. So in a sense... This is a little bit more of the same. Well, it's basically, it's like, oh, I set all this stuff off on Cortana. I don't want to have to set it up again on Amazon. Now right. you don't have to. You can just say, it, it's like basically making Cortana into a skill and vice versa. HQ Trivia. Remember that game? Many people do. Many people don't. Has launched a version of its app for Apple TV. The new version lets you use the iOS remote app for voting. You can also use the the regular Apple TV app. The mobile app's downloads have been declining in recent months. Quite a bit, in fact, for HQ. But the game still attracts hundreds of thousands of players each month. Well, we knew this was going to trickle off, right? Like At some point, I would watch that thing third time or fourth time and I would go, yeah, okay, I think I'm good. I don't really need to pay attention to this anymore. And usually when I do that, it's usually a sign that like others are losing. doing that. Like I'm usually in the zeitgeist when it comes to that sort of it's stuff. It's a sign so I feel that you weren't like, winning anymore, right? Yeah, well, I never did win once, but I did get kind of close once, which made me feel good. And Kim and I were kind of into it for a while, but it just, I don't know, lost its shine. And honestly, 
part of this for me is I haven't heard anyone talking about it. This is the first I've heard of anything significant going on in a very long time. So maybe that's fine. They're settling into whatever they are. And the Apple TV part of this is part of their strategy. And okay, that's great. I don't want to besmirch them. I just... I have a hard time getting excited about the service anymore. Well, you know, at one point it was, you know, at least on iOS. Um, I know the Android store is a little bit different, but on iOS it was the top game. And then it was sort of like in the 50s of, of you know, popular apps. And then it was, you know, it has been declining the way that all games that I happen to like end up declining. Pokemon Go is another great example. Lots of people still like it, but there was, you know, there was a, there was a huge surge of casual users like myself who have all, you know, uh, drifted away. Think of Zynga's revenue model and, you know, how there's there's a shelf life to a lot of these games because they're fun and they're novel, but people are busy and they move on to something else. And I don't really put HQ in the gaming category the way that you, yeah, I don't know, like I wouldn't compare it to Fortnite. It's not really a game. No, it's it's a like show. a fun social thing. Yeah. yeah. That just I putting it on is, Apple TV makes sense because of that. Because it, yeah. it, it is an interactive television show. It yeah. makes sense because of that. But if people are already, you know, if the new shiny object has already taken them away, it's like Apple TV integration isn't going to get me to play the game twice a day the way that I used to. Yeah, mm. It may retain them. And uh, True. who knows? Maybe it'll, it'll start to build back up. A new vulnerability being called foreshadow, or you may also see it referred to as the L1 terminal fault, uh, that's what Intel is calling it, was found thanks to research into related meltdown inspector chip flaws. Foreshadow bypasses speculative execution safeguards and creates an unprotected copy of data in Intel's secure SGX enclave. Now, that enclave is not used by every app. Uh, but it is meant to secure sensitive application data like passwords from 1Password or your credit card numbers, stuff like that. It affects all Intel Core, Skylake, and Kaby Lake processors. And beyond what the researchers found, Intel in its own investigations found that foreshadow could break security boundaries between virtual machines and hypervisors. That has implications for data centers. There's possibilities that it could affect other things as well. The researchers only found the ability to use that speculative uh, execution to get into the secure enclave. And we won't go back. We have talked about what that is on previous shows, but it's essentially a way to take the speculative execution, which tries to speed up processes and trick it into leaking information. That's an oversimplification. Anyway, uh, Intel and Microsoft have published patches. uh, So there's some mini code pushes from Intel. Amazon and Google have developed mitigation for cloud services. Uh, there is a patch coming for Linux, and a team of researchers will present the findings at the Usenix Security Conference in Baltimore on Thursday. Wow. I, I guess, guess I'm... I'm uh, it's, it's interesting how much, much more vulnerabilities we're hearing about in as a result of cloud computing's innovations, things that have been moving in the direction of... I don't know if I would phrase this that way. Uh, I think this is the... You're putting the cart before the horse a little bit. This is... A security vulnerability in a chip, which, by the way, is a very sophisticated vulnerability. No one has seen Spectre Meltdown or this one in the wild. They're they're hard to implicate. And what it is is a chip vulnerability has implications on the cloud, but that could just be because we have a whole lot more cloud uh, systems. It's not right. a vulnerability in cloud itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, saying it wrong. What I really mean is the complexity... The more complex we get with what we do with our computing, power, devices, software, services, the it just feels like the more complicated the potential 
uh, the more the more ramifications it has, and and that that's true. When you if you had a chip vulnerability in 1994, it affected all of us with 486 DX chips, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> like a good point. you know, not not, a, not as much of an issue uh, as it is now, where everybody's using cloud services for everything, even if you don't know it, right? You're using an app. That app may be all stored in Amazon. Yeah, back then it was just whether your heat sink was big enough. Yeah, but again. Uh, uh, that yeah. said, this is not a vulnerability in the wild at this point, and it is an incredibly hard one to pull off. So this is good news. This is the kind of news we want to hear, which is, hey, we found this really hard to pull off vulnerability, and we fixed it. Yeah, they're way out ahead of it, and that's good. Uh, Tencent reported an unexpected 2% drop in quarter two profits. This is unusual for this company. It's first decline in almost 13 years uh, Tencent experienced slower than expected growth in gaming and investments. Tencent plans to address the slowdown by getting uh, more from existing titles, launching more RPGs, publishing more games internationally. Uh, there's a lot of talk about their um, their standalone, uh, basically Steam competitor in China, bringing that to the states and other European countries, going full English with it. That could be really interesting because they're already bigger uh, than Steam. Anyway. Uh, WeTrack, uh, WeChat rather, grew 1.06 billion users, and uh, financial and cloud services raised its other business category revenue 81. percent They're a very interesting company um, from a lot of angles. I of course follow them mostly from the gaming side, but uh, first drop in 13 years is you know that's significant, but they're doing okay. They'll be all right. Well, and if you look at the WeChat growth, WeChat is doing great. Right? It's all the other stuff that Tencent might not be um, growing significantly enough in, which is what's scaring off investors. Well, and Sarah, you have the story that might explain why that is. Well, and let's move on to that now. Bloomberg reports that Chinese regulators have frozen approval of game licenses. The freeze comes as a result of personnel changes and concerns over violence and gambling in games overall in the country. Companies like Tencent have mentioned approval freezes in earnings, but the government has not made official comments about why that is. Yeah, so this is the price. Tencent's doing great, right? WeChat got its billion users, and, and you know, it's not skyrocketing. It's not hockey stick growth anymore, but it's still growing. Uh, it's making uh, plenty of money from its, its other sectors financial cloud services uh, a lot of people don't realize they, they have huge enter- enterprise like like that within China but with the government cracking down and since January not allowing new game titles to be published in China and going back to what you were saying Scott about you know Tencent ramping up but not yet there internationally for games mm-hmm. uh, this really impacts them because they can't roll out new games and create new revenue sources yeah, and what's interesting is it's even affecting them from coming the other direction. So they have a huge controlling stake in Epic Games now. Who makes Fortnite, the world's biggest video game? They also own Riot Games, who makes League of Legends, arguably the second most popular video game in the world right now. Um, they they own these juggernauts that they came here to get. But the problem is they're having a hard time getting titles made here over there for the same reason their own homegrown titles aren't getting approved. So it doesn't even matter if they've expanded to other territories. They're doing well in those territories. Those investments are paying off. But bringing it back to China is a problem because they're hitting that government ceiling. So so I don't know I don't know how they get around that, um, you know, in a, in a, in a perfectly uh, open market sort of situation. They wouldn't have to worry about it. But there are a lot of weird little regulations to get around in China when it comes to gaming. 
Um, it is absolutely the place you want to be no matter who you are, uh, Blizzard and everybody. They all want to be in China because uh, there's a huge amounts of money to make and all kinds of mindshare to get and everything else. Tencent is certainly poised to probably dominate. They already do. But that's interesting, right? Like to have to have that – have yourself get blocked for a reason that's really out of your own hands is, is tricky. And even if they make games that um, – are, are less violent and have less loot boxes and all the issues that the Chinese government cracks down on, it still doesn't hurry up the process of the, of the approvals that have been stalled and hampered. So I don't know what they do. It's kind of a, it's kind of a weird situation and they'll just, they'll be fine. Tencent is a really rich company. They'll be fine. But this is an interesting twist in their, in their world. But I, I sort of wonder if Tencent will have to do, I don't know, I guess this sort of reverse of what Google is currently figuring out where it's like, listen, we want to be in China, but we need, you know, there's a huge user base. We're not tapped into it. How do we figure out that market? Mm-hmm. What does Tencent do outside of China? No, this is this is really, I think, what's super interesting right now is for a long time, the Chinese perspective, and I'm going to oversimplify here for sure, but the Chinese perspective has been, we'll make international companies partner with domestic companies to operate. So you have to store data locally, among other things, and operate with our censorship. Uh, And so you've seen Apple and others say, okay, well, our our cloud storage in China is going to be handled by a third party. That gets us out of the censorship accusation, and it follows the local storage laws. Then you've seen this opposite, where somebody in China wants to break out internationally, uh, and and that seemed like, oh, well, you can be successful in China and have fewer barriers to break out internationally, but it's harder to win internationally and break into China. Well, now we're seeing that there is a disadvantage to being in China and trying to break out internationally. Like Scott said, you can't pull that stuff back in. So it, it, this is not, I'm not making a prediction here, but this is one to watch to see if China's gamble that their way of handling companies was going to be more advantageous to Chinese companies ends up actually being true. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Hey, uh, so 5G, lots of 5G news. I'm going to run through a few headlines uh, in the 5G world, and then uh, let's check in on various parts of the world where we are in 5G, because we're going to get start getting some service by the end of this year in certain places on this old planet of ours. Samsung announced its 5G standards-compliant Exynos modem 5100. Uh, so this is Samsung's first 5G-compatible hardware. It can hit 6 gigabits per second millimeter wave speeds, built on Samsung's 10 nanometer process for sub-6 gigahertz and millimeter wave 5G spectrums. Also, backwards compatible, super important. If you buy a 5G phone and you don't have 5G service, well, you're not going to buy that 5G phone if it doesn't work on LTE. Uh, this modem can work on 2G, 3G, and LTE. Samsung says it's the first modem to con- You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. 
Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Form to the 3GPP 5G spec published in July. Now, Qualcomm probably will quibble with this. They launched an X50 modem for 5G, but they launched it before the spec was finalized. So there might be some quirks here and there uh, that that modem doesn't quite comply. It will. And then the X50 and the Exynos uh, 5100 will be your two major 5G modems out there. Now, that means manufacturers can start building these 5G phones, sell them to people without 5G services, future-proof, like, hey, this will work on 5G when it finally comes along. And Sprint and LG are going to do just that, uh, release a 5G smartphone in the first half of 2019. Sprint plans to launch its 5G network in 2019, uh, so you should be able to use it on some parts of the Sprint network anyway. LG is now the second device manufacturer next to Motorola. Remember, uh, Motorola announced the 5G Moto Mod for the Moto Z3. That would let you make the Z3 5G compliant. And Verizon uh, says it plans to launch its 5G service later this year in Indianapolis. That was the last of the cities that it had to announce. So now Indianapolis, Houston, Sacramento, and Los Angeles will get 5G service later this year. Won't be a lot of devices for you to use on it. There'll be some, you know, Wi-Fi, hockey puck type stuff uh, out there. Early adopters can choose a free subscription to YouTube TV or a free Apple TV 4K device if they sign up for this 5G service, as well as NFL, NBA, and news content from Verizon's Oath. Of course, that makes me think that this is going to be pitched as a home service, not a mobile service, at least in the beginning. Uh, Shall we go around the world? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. What does 5G mean, Tom, depending on the country that you're in? It means fast, first of all. You're talking about gigabit plus service over the air. And there are two versions of it. One that will be pitched particularly for home use. So they beam the 5G service to an antenna, maybe on top of your house or something, and then run it into your house from there. Uh, And then there's 5G mobile service where you can use on your phone walking around. Kuwait already has 5G service. No devices, really, to speak of that could use it. Uh, but Zane and Uridu launched their 5G service in Kuwait in June. Now there's people arguing whether it's really 5G and whether you get to call it 5G if you don't have any devices running on it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it is, they do have a legit 5G service. It was launched before the spec, so maybe it's not perfectly compliant. China is generally uh, seen to be the first one that's going to get to real 
world, uh, pervasive commercialized service. China Unicom uh, wants to pilot commercialization in Beijing this year with other pilot cities to follow, and they target China-wide service to roll out between this year and 2020. The U.S. hot on their heels, AT&T and Verizon, uh, as we just mentioned, Verizon, plan uh, late 2018 rollouts and Sprint and T-Mobile 2019. And a couple others that may surprise you, Chile uh, and the Intel carrier uh, plans phased rollout of 5G service starting this year throughout next year, and Argentina's movie star, uh, pretty much along the same path, uh, starting later this year and rolling out next year. The most interesting one, Korea has agreed that everybody's going to roll it out at the same time. Because 4G rollout was a mess, they said. Everybody was claiming to be first, and people were doing negative ads, and it was confusing for customers. So South Korea's Ministry of Science and ICT and the local telcos, SK Telecom, KT, and LG Plus, have agreed to launch 5G service simultaneously. And in exchange, the ministry agreed to provide unlimited tax benefits for security maintenance to the telcos. So the trials for all three telcos begin in December, and commercial service uh, will start rolling out in March. Hmm. Would, Would there, there be... be um, okay, okay, here's, here's a question. question. I was out walking the dog yesterday. Let's, Let's bring, bring it home. Let's bring it to the ground, ground level, okay? I'm walking around, and I see these giant spools on giant... Uh, or big uh, orange cable-looking uh, conduit on these giant spools all lining up one of the streets near me. Sure. And I thought, what in the crap is this? And I got closer and closer, and I, I got up. I was feeling a little nervous because there's workers everywhere. But I got up on the side of it, and I saw a label that said Verizon Fiber something, something. Okay. Does this have anything to do with that rollout? Got me. Hey, anybody who works for Verizon out there anonymously wants to email feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com, especially if you work in the Salt Lake area, uh, let us know. It could be just no announcements. Nobody seems to know what it's for. I'm just super curious if it has anything to do with 5G. It could just be Verizon rolling out some new backhaul. It could be mm-hmm. simply, you know, like, hey, we have some old copper in the ground and we're replacing it with fiber because that, that makes our backhaul better. Uh, it could be that they're, they're rolling out some wired infrastructure to support 5G services. Uh, 5G services doesn't need to have new wired infrastructure, but it's not that you wouldn't have it in certain situations. So, yeah, I have no idea what that is. I mean, in the Los Angeles area, um, as a Verizon subscriber, of course, my first thought was like, yay, when the new iPhone comes out in October, I'll just have like a 5G iPhone. Okay, that might not happen, right? However, the idea of as an early adopter, because of course, Verizon wants to, you know, test speeds and, you know, see adoption and countries like Kuwait and Chile, for example, having infrastructure in place, maybe before manufacturers have 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 truly descended on that particular region can also be advantageous to get uh, um, companies to expand into your area. But yeah, for the LA area, it's like, hmm, free subscription to YouTube TV over 5G. I'll try that. Yeah. And this, um, this definitely feels like a home service, not a mobile service. So they're not yeah. going to be trying to sell you a device except for the device that you would attach to your house. And they'll say, hey, Sarah, uh, we'll install an antenna uh, on your balcony and uh, and then you'll get like a gigabit service over the air. I'm very interested in this. There's there's one there's one company in the L.A. area called Sky River that's basically doing this with uh, advanced LTE. So you 
put an antenna on your house, you get the fast LTE and you can get up to 300 megabits per second. But even that is, I mean, that's not gigabit. No, so, no. You know? And they're really I mean, pitched at businesses. The idea businesses. of that, depending on how much video you watch, Sky obviously. River is very pitched at businesses. Uh, they, they don't make it easy to sign up like a home user. Verizon's going to come in, I think, and go after the home user. And it's probably explains one of the reasons they decided to stop rolling out Verizon Fios is they looked at their 5G plans and were like, well, we're going to be competing with ourselves. And 5G is way cheaper to roll out than, yeah. than digging up the streets for fiber. Right. Uh, uh, it, does, it does seem nice, though. though. It feels, it feels like, like, it feels like LTE, LTE as a standard and, quote-unquote, 4G is long enough in the tooth that it's about time that we're hearing about a finalized standard and about time we're hearing about an implementation. It was finalized back in July, so we're, yeah. we're rolling now. Yeah, and actual modems, like it's exciting. I feel like we're about to enter the next uh, the next stage, and then then we can wait around for six G or whatever we're going to call it. Now, I know some of you had already sent the email complaining that I didn't mention your part of the world, but we'll try to make up for that now. Uh, finish up with. Uh, a little bit about Australia. Telstra Exchange uh, says they'll start rolling out in 2019 in the Gold Coast area. Optus in Australia, early 2019 in key metro areas. And Vodafone looking at Australia for 2020. In Japan, testing's already underway. Uh, we're looking at late 2019 for some of the first service to roll out there. NTD Docomo, when they announced their partnership with Nokia a few months back, said 2020. Uh, so it's a little bit uh, hard to tell exactly when you'll get it in Japan, but sometime next year, probably. Mexico's America Mobile, uh, 2019 through 2020. So they'll start rolling it out next year, and then most of it will start coming in 2020. Switzerland says they'll begin rolling out their service before the end of 2019. And pretty much everybody else that I could find data for uh, mentioned 2020. Brazil, Norway, Germany, UK, New Zealand, and Canada. Uh, TELUS Mobility did say that while 2020 was its target date for 5G in Canada, you might get it earlier in Vancouver. Uh, they might start rolling it out in 2019 there. There you go. Well, thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. Sometimes there are 5G stories in our subreddit, but there are lots of other ones. You could submit the stories you want us to talk about or at least put on our radar. Please do it and vote on others. DailyTechNewsShow.reddit.com. Of course, we're on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Tech News Show. We love hearing your emails. That's why we, we read them aloud to ourselves and sometimes read them aloud right here on the show. Uh, true story, Tom. Adonis, a.k.a. Sergeant Cisco, says that he doesn't mind that whole Google tracking location history story that we talked about the other day because the convenience outweighs the privacy issues. Adonis says, I can see traffic patterns in the morning before heading to work. I can track my oldest child's phone when she loses it again or track if she made it to school. Track the weather on either Google Home or Assistant. My wife and I share locations with each other because we work opposite shifts often when the other one sneaks out to the ice cream store and not bring anything home. I can call her out on it and vice versa. Whatever I may have to hide isn't on the cloud, though. And whatever is private is secured with two-factor and long passwords. I am 100% with this person. This is how okay. my this is it. I feel like this is a little beside the point, though. He's saying, In what way? well, Sergeant Cisco is saying, I don't mind Google tracking my location history because it gives me these these things. And if that was the story, that then I would totally agree. But the story is they were tracking your location in a history. way that a lot of yeah. people didn't realize was happening. It's all fair 
to my opinion, too, if Google says, if you let us track your location history, we will do these things. And then Sergeant Cisco can make an informed choice and go, that's fine. I don't mind. Like he's saying, that's perfectly rational. But the story was that they were saying, you've turned off location history. And people thought, oh, great. Now location history is off. But there was another system going that was also storing some location history that people sure. didn't realize was doing it. Well, and I think, yeah, I think Sergeant Cisco's, um, he's like, listen, I got a family. We're busy people. Everyone's all over the place. This works for me. Even yeah. if there's something a little weird about the privacy settings, it is more advantageous than it is a privacy issue That's for me. Fine. You should just be making that choice eyes wide open, not thinking, you know, it, Sergeant Cisco obviously is like, I had nothing to hide, so it's no problem. Right. But if, if, you were in the position of, I thought I turned it off. It's not okay for me. And then you found sure. out it was still storing stuff. Sure. That's, that's the problem that's going on. Well, thank, thank you for the feedback. It's, it's always nice, nice to know how people are using this technology and have different opinions. Also, thanks to Scott Johnson for being with us this fine Wednesday. Scott, what has been going on in your world? Oh, man, so many things, just like every week. But this week, uh, I'll just say that um, I'm making a lot of tuck boxes. That's T-U-C-K. Just make sure people hold that right. Uh, that's, that's right. right. If you ordered uh, playing cards for my Kickstarter, we are in the closing throes of said event. So that stuff's coming out soon, and uh, there's lots of cool stuff happening with that. And we hope to have some extra stuff for those who maybe missed it the first time around. So we'll let you know. Follow all of that progress over at frogpants.com and me on Twitter at Scott Johnson. Hey, folks, if you support us on Patreon, we've got lots of cool uh, ways to thank you over there. And some of you may not realize that you aren't supporting us on Patreon right now. You might want to go check. Uh, there was a little glitch at the beginning of the month. Uh, and so I waited half the month to see if it would work itself out. We're still down about 15 or 16 over last month. Uh, and so I feel like there's a few people out there that may have got kicked off the system because of that glitch and don't realize it. So uh, if you if you're in any doubt uh, that that you're you know not getting the stuff that you should, go check out Patreon.com/slash/DTNS. And if you haven't supported us, uh, go look at what's available there. You you get to chat with a lot of other people in the audience. You get more uh, content from Sarah and Roger and myself and Scott and others. Uh, and we get a weekly column that we put out. There's all kinds of fun stuff. Go check it out at Patreon.com/slash/DTNS. And for the record, I was one of those patrons who got kicked off at the beginning of the month through no fault of my own because. My my bank just decided to give me a new ATM card. So now I have to reconnect. So maybe somebody else has had the same problem. Give it a double check. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We love your feedback, your stories, your questions, all of it. Keep it coming. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. Is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. 
Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.